What's up, y'all? We're back at it once again with our another episode. I got to do a better job of keeping up with episodes. But we have, as always, the illustrious guest, Steph Darts, the one, the only. It's a good, good friend from middle school, high school. And over the course of these eight, nine years, I've watched him grow to something beautiful and, and something helpful that's, that's impactful in our society. So as always, we got somebody on to talk about things they're doing and how they're incorporating it in their purpose-driven life. So, Steph, say hello to everybody. Thanks for having me on, B. Stephon Darts. Yes, Keep yes. Yes, Just always. To be on here uh, with the, the man himself. Oh, man, no. It's, it's, it's you, man. Um, for some of y'all that don't know, I had to catch Steph over the phone. He was here in, Atlanta, uh, in Houston. But uh, I got caught up. My schedule got busy. His schedule got busy, so we didn't have a real sit down. But you know, he was a, he was willing to do it over the phone. So I took that opportunity, and I'm just glad to share with this how this man takes the challenges of life and living in his purpose, and how he's incorporated. It's 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 a big monumental thing. So I'm excited to share with you guys. But uh, we can start off the conversation. Tell us who you are, what you do, you know, what you're doing, uh, anything exciting in your life at this moment. Uh, can you repeat that one more time, please? Break it up. Uh, yeah, I said you can tell everybody who you are and what you're doing and anything oh. exciting that you got going on right now in your life. Oh, yeah. Okay, for sure. Um, my name is Seth Dark, by the way. Um, grew up in Houston, Texas. Um, Northside, uh, to be exact, and uh, from a, a very young age, uh, you know, God uh, put me in certain situations, and like most people, you know, you don't understand as you're a kid, uh, but you tell me just be wait, just wait, and I uh, just have patience, and everything will uh, will be understanding later. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, my grandparents they raised me, uh, and I'm most definitely grateful for that. And uh, they helped me uh, become the man I am today because um, they showed me what makes me happy um, without being compromised to, like, the ways of the world and the people in it and the things in it. And um, and I found my purpose, which is giving, which is, whether it's mentally, spiritually, or emotionally. And um, that's how I founded uh, my nonprofit organization, um, Can Heart Youth. And I'm on my second nonprofit now, uh, which is Hope of Black Water Wells, uh, which means we're building uh, wells around the world. Uh, with the next one um, in Africa, uh, Nigeria, that is. And um, I tell people, you know, um, you can do anything um, on a God-level vision, um, you know, instead of a man-made vision. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
uh, whether it's a man or a woman, they just want to be comfortable and, you know, expect, know what, know what they're expecting. But uh, when you walk into a God vision, um, you never every know. Day, exactly, you never know what, what, what tomorrow may, may hold. And, you know, you can't take that for granted either. So a lot of people live day to day. Uh, I don't live day to day. I live breath by breath. Yeah. I don't have day to day anymore. I just have that next breath, and um, that's all that I can um, operate. That's in. all I can. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's that, that's profound. That's all I can uh, tell them. Yeah, that's that's profound, man. That's profound. Um, the, you said uh, living in a God vision versus a man-made vision, and I feel like that is the dilemma. And we've talked about that before. That's the dilemma with everybody. Um, being in control and not really being in control. That's the war we have. It's because we convince ourselves that we can make any and everything happen. You know what I mean? And God is trying to teach us that he makes any and everything happen. But our reliance should be on him. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, so, yeah. And that's the best way. That's the best way I would advise for people to live. Because um, your level of thinking, like when you come, excuse me, when you, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, when you move your mind from a man-made level of thinking, from what you're being taught, from the environment, from your parents, from your cousins, from your family, and you move into a God-level vision, you know, uh, it, it, it's going to blow your mind because mm-hmm. you could do so much more because you you're expecting God to move now. Yeah. And that's what he wants. He wants you to want him. But, you know, some people, um, they have to change their mindset. Um, and that's, you know, many, you know, many, uh, many great, uh, leaders and great, uh, great people have told, told, uh, many people that if you change your mindset, you can impact the world. And it's true. Yeah. Um, it's true. Cause when God told me that my grandparents' house was already paid for, I knew that it was already written. Like many people, uh, Many people, they need some type of validation or to believe. I didn't, that ain't the way faith works with me. Uh, faith works, uh, when he tells me something, I know it's already done. I just have to put my pedal to the metal and put my feet to the ground and get to work. Man. Um, because I know it's already done. If he tells me that in my spirit, I know it's already done. Yes. Not a day, uh, uh-huh. I haven't met no one personally and I'm willing to meet someone if it's the case, um, where their spirit has lied to them. No one that I have that I have ever met, spirit has ever lied to them. Yeah. If that girl thought this dude was cheating, and that's what her spirit told her, ten times out of ten, that was right. Yeah. But too many times, too many times, we let our mind um, battle with our spirit and talk about a thing. Yeah. So we have to learn how to separate the two, the mind from the spirit, because your spirit has never lied to you. It's just your mind that's going back and forth with it. Yeah. But you have to be, you have to be. Um, mentally sound in order to understand the two uh the two the two from each other and um that's mm-hmm. why i'm kind of glad that you know mm-hmm. I, I grew up i had a lot of friends that did drugs you know had sex all the time uh did weed which i'm not demeaning for it in, in any type of way yeah, this, but this he cleared sense. my mind he yeah. cleared my mind with some things I, I didn't have those things painted me so i didn't have that urge that many people wake up, oh, I gotta, I gotta smoke that, oh, I gotta do that to have fun, oh, I gotta get, you know, I gotta get something today. Yeah. I didn't have that, I didn't 
have that mind. So my my soul was focused on him and Look he was able to get me up. Yeah. And and I'm sorry I'm cutting you off. I'm trying to do a better job and not interjecting when people are talking, but don't wanna forget oh, my, I don't wanna forget my thought. You said you're operating in a sense for faith for you is believing what he said, regardless of what physically is present. And if you understand the text when it says it in the Bible in Hebrews, faith is faith is the substance of things we hope for, the evidence of things not seen. That is simply that, because by faith, if you continue reading that chapter, it says by faith, God spoke the world into existence. By faith, he told Abraham he would he would be the father of many nations. By faith, he told Moses he would lead the children of Israel across the Red Sea. It's by his word what he's saying. And then it trickles into how you said, when people say you change your mindset, then anything is possible. That is factual and true. Once you change your your perception then your reality changes we hear the saying all the time your perception controls your reality or ultimately becomes your reality and that is truth once you change how you look at things then your response will be a world of it'll be the world of difference so that's good man that that uh that you're saying these things because it's confirmation of me and i'm praying that it helps somebody else understand that having faith is will always be uncomfortable. But being uncomfortable knows that you're operating in the sense that God can move you and push you and help you be in your purpose that he's willed for your life and you'll be able to change the world. So yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Are you still with me, brother? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, okay. All right. Um, so let's dive right into this discussion. We're talking about discipline when facing adversity. Now, the last episode, I spoke with a brother about what discipline was and the things you needed to discipline yourself. But to continue that conversation, I I, I thought it was just to, to discuss with you discipline and you know how important it is when you're facing adversity because you know when you're living your purpose if you if you don't have adversity you're not in your purpose if it just comes easy if it comes you know without no sweat no no endurance no stamina no heartache then it's not your purpose and i can say that with all assurity unless somebody else tells me otherwise they've lived their purpose without breaking the sweat it it comes with a lot of times where you're faced with, are you really supposed to be doing this, or is there something else you're supposed to be doing? That question, I I I find out, I've come to realize that that's the question that's always asked in some form or fashion, especially now the way I'm walking. Am I supposed to be doing this? Is this something I'm supposed to be doing, or am I supposed to be doing something else? So over the time, I've had to really gird up my loins in a sense and tie in all the loose ends and really be sure that this is the way God is telling me to go. And in that, I'm starting to see the fruition of it. But it take, it, it comes with a lot of adversity. So 
I wanted to discuss that because I feel like that's another helpful key point and, you know, just essential nugget that somebody can take and to continue to continue driving themselves in the route or staying on their, staying in their purpose, staying on their purpose. So um, the first question I had for you is what does purpose mean to you? Um, purpose is something much more, excuse me, bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Um, simply, simply put, um, because sometimes, well, excuse me, too many times, uh, we look at that person in the mirror and we're in our own way. Uh, sometimes we're too selfish to, uh, go through things for other people. Yeah. Um, because we, we think that it's all about us. We think that it's all about us when we look in that mirror. And that we're only affecting us. Mm-hmm. But God told me, like, you got so many lives in your head. Um, and I carry that because that's a lot of weight. Um, when he want me to impact the world, um, that's a lot. Like, when he said that to you, I, I just can't take that with a grain of salt. Um, so what I mean by when I say that is um, there's three things um, um Three things that um, that was pivotal in my life when it came to adversity. Um, the first uh, mm-hmm. was not being raised by our parents, yeah. and this is young. Um, so this is when he started to, to shape me. Yeah. And around this age, this is more perception at this point. Yeah. So when I say that, uh, I'm saying many people um, have resentment towards their parents or not being raised by their parents, yeah. and hate travels so fast and you can see how um, just by with the president uh, we have today, yeah. hate travels so fast yeah. um, but God was telling me don't get compromised to the ways of the world, I want you to keep your heart um, as is as if, as as how I created it to be, no matter if someone do you wrong or do you uh, no matter what it is, your heart stays the same and so uh, as I got older uh, I was mad when I was young because mm-hmm. my parents were never there. While many kids was making Father's Day cards or Mother's Day cards, I never made one because um, yeah. my parents was never there. Um, and that right there trains the mind or the devil can train you to have resentment towards those people. Yeah, but I told it. me, like, hey, yes, sir. No, nah, no, nah, you're right. I'm agreeing with you. He can use that device to steer your narrative and how you perceive things. And what could ultimately become your reality. So you're right. Continue. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Um, and so that's why, that's when God told me, like, no, just lay back. You will understand it because it's for a bigger reason than you. And then I thought to look at the situations I was in. I was going from house to house to house. And I was looking at uh, my friends from Havistock, which is not a great place at all. Oh, yeah. Havistock. And I'm looking, like, I'm looking like, man, like. This is crazy because these same kids are going through the same thing, and he's like, "You're going to come back, and you're going to you're going to change this. You're going to be the one." And I said, "Okay." Um, and as I got older, the second thing was um, the second thing was um, I almost losing my leg. Mm-hmm. Many people, um, none of my friends came, but that's not that's not a um, that's that's you know it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm fine with that because at the end of the day. I'm not perfect, so I don't expect nobody to be. Um, yeah. But most people within that moment would have had resentment 
as well. So the devil tries to attack you um, during your adversity, but it's how you respond. Yeah. I responded the first. I responded the first time positively. I was like, okay, God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? And that's what patience is. Is yeah. understanding what he's trying to show you or teach you within that season, so he can elevate you. But too many times we're compromised to a microwave. We got to have it now mm-hmm. type of uh, type of thing, and that's not patience. Many people think patience is waiting. That I don't know what you know. That's it doesn't logically make sense to me. But that's what society has compromised people to, to to make everyone think. But when God is teaching you, he's going to show you on a different wave pattern, not to yeah. think like the norm, not to react like the norm. Yeah. And so when I was in that hospital and I almost lost my leg and I was getting uh, my blood checked every hour on the hour for that month straight. And I was sitting in that hospital for three months total. Um, and he told me, you're going to use the situation. Um, and I was like, okay, God, keep showing me what you've shown me. And I realized what the true purpose of family meant, what the true purpose of friendship meant. And when I hit national, excuse me, world news, um, it all made sense because at that point, everyone's flying your flag. Everyone knows you. Everyone, you know, that's my partner, that's my friend. Um, he told me just to stay focused on him because all that's going to come um, by what I've told you already. Um, so it, it didn't, yeah. you know, it was nothing new to me. Um, I knew it was expected because he told me and it was already written. Whatever he put to my spirit, I know it's already written because it's not, it's not about me. It's about impacting the world and inspiring the world. Yeah. And, um, did you want to intervene? Uh, yeah. I wanted to go back on uh, the story of your leg because I know the story you've told me, but, um, I, our listeners might not know. So if you wanted to, you know, I guess talk about the situation and what happened on, you know, on how you lost your leg and how that was your second plight for dealing with adversity so quick at a, at a young age and how that steered you more into your purpose, if you want to just talk okay. about that. Okay. Um, nah, I didn't lose my leg. I almost lost yeah, my almost leg. Yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, um, so... Um, I, I then learned around that time, like, you know, um, I was making money in high school. Um, I could sell anything I can get my hands on. I come, I come to school with a bag full of, like, groceries, full of candy, full of uh, food, full of Gatorade, sell it to, to the football team, sell it to anybody. And I should leave literally with a, with a trash bag full of stuff. And I should leave by that afternoon, everything was gone. So um, around you, uh, excuse me, around me, I had a lot of friends that were just around me just because you know, I had money. Um, and I could sell a bottle of Coke back to a, a Coke factory. Um, yeah. So when that happened, I was like, no, God, let something happen to me. Um, so I know who my real friends is. Excuse me, who my real friends are. And um, when that happened, um, I went to play football. Uh, we had a game that week. And um, I had caught an interception. And I got cocky, and I, um, and I, I was like, man, I'm about to run this back, and which I almost did, but then I walked the last 10 yards, and my when someone pulls you back, you know how when you're running from yeah. someone, and they grab you by the back collar of your shirt, yeah. and you know you're trying to lift up your legs to run far faster? Yeah. Um, that's the type of situation it was, and he was beneath me, and when I lifted up my leg, it's 
his uh his helmet was right underneath, and mm-hmm. my foot went inside his helmet, and it popped in and popped out, and mm-hmm. I had uh, a compound fracture, dislocated ankle, and I had to get reconstruction on my right leg, um, which is like uh, twelve screws and uh, two rods. Um, yeah, and that right there, um, it taught me everything I knew. Now, um, excuse me, it taught me everything that I needed because I needed that adversity. I needed that because that has uh, sustained me um, towards where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and many people they don't they don't look at um, adversity that way. I look at it. I, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all the adversity, and I embrace it because. Many people, they only want to embrace the good times. They don't want to embrace whatever's on their resume that's polished. You mm-hmm. got to embrace yourself and as far as what's bad about you, too, in order to work on yourself. But not everyone have that, that real-life self-evaluation and yeah, be like, you know what, right. I messed up at this or I effed up at this. Yeah. Everyone just wants to sugarcoat it and you know, only look at the good things about their resume. And it, it ain't about that because you missed out on so much wisdom, knowledge, and understanding yeah. by doing that. Because you're only looking at the good side of things. Yeah, but the adversity teaches you to appreciate the accolades even more. Not in the sense that you did it all by yourself, you're the man, this, that, and the other, but more of, you know, I got through that and this is what it birthed. This, this amazing accomplishment because of that brief moment of a challenge, that challenge to to test what was really in me. And I overcame that, good or bad. Whether, you know, it was a win or a loss, I, it's still something I overcame that birthed something else in me. And I talk about it all the time, man. It's... um. If you think of a gardener or a planter or a farmer, real farmers appreciate the process more than the results. Of course, the results is excellent because you have fruit and vegetables and all these other things. But the the day ends, getting up, going out and dealing with all the challenges that comes with that realm or space of farming, they appreciate that more. Because like with me, you know, I'm just got in the gym, but I appreciate going in the gym every day, battling with the emotions and not really wanting to work out, but fighting through that once one rep, one set at a time. And then on the back end, that's teaching me to the same way in life. These are the thoughts I'm telling in my head. The same way you get up and fight to finish that rep or finish that set. You can do this when it comes to being an adult, when it comes to dealing with Issues that you want to just do away with, you deal you deal with it with one step at a time, one breath at a time. So adversity, disciplining yourself or creating discipline in, in adversity is important. But um, we're coming up to our first portion, our break. We're gonna take a little break here. Appreciate appreciate you guys for listening, and then give us a few moments to be back for our second portion. All right, one love. What's up, y'all? We're back at it again, part two. Um, part one was good. It was getting real, 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 real nice. I got my brother Steph Darts here on the phone. We're going to finish talking up about discipline when facing adversity. 
Now, Steph, you did mention the first two things that taught you real early that um, adversity is going to come because you're in your purpose. And that was staying with not having your parents at a young age and almost losing your leg. Was there another thing that that you hold on that reminds you that adversity will come? Or was those the only two things? Um, those were the two uh, main okay. gems. Okay. Um, the third one, man, uh, mine kind of went blank there. Sorry about that. I'm okay, trying man. to good, re- man. recoup on the third one. Um, but once it comes back to me, we can uh, bounce all this down. We can bounce back okay. to Sorry okay. about that. Okay, so you, you, you already told us what purpose means to you and when you started de- developing the habit of discipline, especially when it pertains to diversity. But um, my third question was this, is what uh, what are the things that keeps you from not straying when the challenge comes? Because we know the challenge is that in itself. It challenges if it's really in you and if it's not. And the times when it's not in you, what is it that you do or what are the things that are around you they keep you to go back and try again and not just quit because it's hard. Um, number one, it's not a, um, it's not a, um, what do they call those things? It's not a new year's resolution. Um, yeah. So it's, just, it's not for a season. Um, and when I say it's not for a season, like this is every day, um, yeah. knowing that I got people counting on me that I don't even know. Yeah. Um, depends on me to do what God told me to do mm-hmm. and so it's like um, it's like I, I don't I don't I don't really speak that much because of that um, because he gave me that uh, that great that great gift that was someone some people would see it as a burden it's not a burden to me um, and that's what fuels me that's what keeps me motivated that I get the chance or excuse me I'm getting um, I'm getting to change the world um the way that God wants you to do it. Um, and mm-hmm. not everybody gets that every day. So it's like, yeah. um, not, not everybody operates in that purpose every day. So I'm most, most certainly grateful and I don't want to take it for granted because, um, I'm going to do as such as he, um, as he's told me to be because it's already done my All I have to do is, is continue to put my foot to the pedal. But um, mm-hmm. one thing about it is, most people, when God tells them to do something, like I said, they want to see it first. Yeah. And um, when, you know, if he tells me something in my spirit, it's already written. Yeah. It's already done. Yeah, you so, got to that point where you already know it's done, and you don't have to physically see it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what many people be like, like, you know, you don't get stressed out. You don't get headaches. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what I truly. I truly don't know what stress is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what. Uh, I, I haven't had a headache since I was like since I was like eight or nine when I had braids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I could because I you, tell you what those things are because you got into that point where you you understand that you're not in control of the the physical space and time, you're just in control of how you respond to it. And that's profound because a lot of people don't get there. They get there later on in life when they have to understand that they're not in control because physically they can't 
make things shake and make things happen like they want to because of their older age. So the fact that you are, you're already working and striving to operate in this mindset and space is profound because for me, that's something I'm learning. Um, it was many a times I was told to do things divinely by God through my mother. And um, I wrestled with that, man, because I was like, man, this ain't what I planned to do. This ain't what I was supposed to be doing. I wanted to, get to go do this. Now I got to go do this, and I don't enjoy it. But one thing she would always tell me is that, son, you don't even understand when God is trying to bless you. And it, and that's the first thing I thought of when you said we try to see what he's told us to do instead of just going to do it. It, it really took me doing it to understand that he's blessing me this way. But I, I would have never saw it if I would have stayed there and argued and went back and forth. And that's the normal habit. That's that's us being human is going back and forth. with God. But it's great that you've already figured out how to operate in this space to just believe that it's already done. And all you got to do is take that first step. Um, my next question was... Uh, how do you keep yourself from being overwhelmed or how do you keep yourself from being underwhelmed? Because um, many a times, uh, and, and you kind of talked on it before, you say you don't get stressed when God tells you to move the way he tells you to move. But just on a general stance, many a times things can happen or like for me, certain decisions that I had to make was overwhelming because I didn't know the outcome. I knew what he said, but I didn't know the outcome. But what I had to do is to know my whys. I had to remind myself, this is why you're doing this. This is the reason on why you're doing this. This is what it's gonna bring. I had to I had to mentally tell myself my whys. And then I had to just, you know, do the one step process. Well, just do this one thing. Okay, then come out like you wanted to. Go back and change your formula. Well, you did this and that and the other, and that's why you got that. And so if you go back and change this and change that, then maybe it'll be that. Don't be in a rush to go do what everybody else is doing or what everybody else is telling you to do, no matter how strong the influence is. Do what he is telling you to do. Go ask him. Have you asked him first? This is things my mother would tell me. So the only reason why you're smoking and drinking is because you ain't sitting and talking to God. But if you go ask God what to do, I'm pretty sure he'll tell you. So those are the things that I have that I continue to do to keep myself from being over or underwhelmed. It's, it's to not focus so much on the situation or the challenge, but focus on my whys and mentally instill and remind myself what I'm supposed to be doing and, and how. But what are some things that you do? Um, so the best thing that you uh, kind of hit on, excuse me, that you did hit on was how. Um, many people, they want to know when do I do it and how do I do it? And technically, that's not my place. So that's his, that's where he, that's where he, that's where he is. He is in the house. Um, and most people, they want to know the how. 
And most people don't want to let go of that. And some people don't let go of that. Yeah. I don't need to know how to do things. Logistically. Um, because that's the human that aspect. Job. Yeah, that's the human aspect of us. We try to understand the logistics. And God is always trying to tell us. I feel like that's what he told Job. You're trying to figure out why and how I did what I did in your life. But if I take it and if you read Job, you understand that God took Job on a virtual tour of the universe and said, why are you trying to figure this out? Logistically, I'm still running the whole universe in one hand and hasn't and won't drop the ball. So I understand that completely. But continue. My bad. I'm sorry. I know you could. Um, um, that's his job, and if you can just um, get out of your way again, um, that's people. Excuse me. That's for people that's compromising the way of the world. Uh, meaning, if you just look in the mirror and get out your own way to uh, understanding why um, God wants you to do this, um, it'll be a lot better. You're. You'll be content on letting him handle the how, and you just do, hey, whenever he tells you to do it, you'll do it. Um, the way that I stay balanced is I know when I ride by um, where I'm from and I see these kids uh, being compromised in the way of the world because of their environment, I know that it's not their fault. It's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's their environment's fault, the way that they think, the way that they act. Um, because um, many people, they, they don't, when you're around what you're around, you learn it unconsciously and consciously. Yeah, and consciously, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you, you're right. You learn unconsciously and then consciously you're aware. Yeah, and um, many people, they would think, that uh, these kids are bad. Or, no, if you put them same kids, um, you put them same kids, not even born in the ghetto, you put them in the suburbs, you put them in um, STEM programs, you put them in music experience programs, computer programs, you put them in football, basketball, they're going to be a product of their environment. So it's mostly taught. Um, everything is taught. And yeah. that's on an unconscious level and a conscious level. Yeah. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know that I was procrastinating when I was in high school. And so I really looked back and I said, is this what God put in me? Or is this what someone put in me? Something I learned. And when I sat back, when I sat back and I was looking, I was like, oh, okay, God, it hit me. He told me, if you was raised by your parents, this is what the few things that you would be compromised to. Because my mama was a bit procrastinating. It mm. is what it is. I know her. Um, and I'm not uh, making her out so yeah, bad. Like, it ain't no um, shade being thrown or anything. Fashion. Yeah, it's no shade. It, it is what it is, and I'm a I'm a straightforward person. I would have learned. I would have been a procrastinator. I would have never. I would have been like, you know what? I could deal with tomorrow. I could deal with tomorrow. I could deal with God with tomorrow. And I understand that everything that He was putting into me, they would have undone. Everything that God was putting into me, they would have undone. Then it clicked. I understood why He didn't want me raised by my parents, and He, he put me with my grandparents, or He put me with the rest of my family members to take a piece of what their best quality was and instill it in me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would have had resentment during that childhood. We're like, oh, I'm going to this house, I'm going to that house. And I did at first, but I sat back and I understood. I said, wow, okay, you're doing this for a bigger reason. 
okay, I'm not understanding now, but I'll understand later. And um, when later came, I understood it to the T. And so when you say what balances me out, it's knowing that God is operating through me um, to change the world. Mm -hmm. And that right there is so much more bigger than me. So I don't, I don't, I don't, what is the the word I'm looking for? Uh, Anything in regards to me, I can care less about um, because it's a bigger purpose. And that's how I stay balanced because if I don't, if I don't do what he tells me to do, those kids back in those projects um, or that's around the world, um, they're depending on me to do what he told me to do in order to change, inspire, and impact the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they're depending on me to do those things. And those kids um, are our next generation. And so, um, yeah, that's how I stay balanced. I look at the times or I look at where those kids are today. And I'd be like, man, mm-hmm. I can't wait um, until we change their lives, which we, which is already done in my eyes. Yeah, because them seeing something that they're growing up in being impactful will plant a seed because that's the goal for anybody in a purpose-driven life. It's just to plant a seed that's impactful enough to create something in them to do the same to the next person. So that's good, man, that you say that and you hold on to that. But, um, question just popped up in my head. Um, so do you believe that invert adversity is essential when you're living a purpose-driven life? What are your takes um, on that? You, you need it um, because you need that substance. Because when you make it to that next level, and what I realized, when you make it to that next level, you can't bring a level one problem to level two because level two has its own problem within itself. Yeah. So if, if you don't have any adversity, anything that the, the brain is, substance, you won't, you can't handle the next level. It'll be too much. And God won't put anything that is too much upon you. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't Um, put you in a space that you couldn't handle with his help. And I think that's what uh, I, I learned to understand is that I'm facing and dealing with all these challenges is because I was intended to deal with this. So when I got on the other side and understood what brought me through and what kept me through all that is what I should ultimately rely on. Because people tell me all the time, oh, man, I see where you're at and you're doing these amazing, impactful things. And I simply reply and tell them, no, it's not me. It's what's in me. Because I, honestly, if I look and evaluate myself, I ain't did nothing but change my reliance. I rely more on him than I do on me. That's it. Because I understand the more the challenges come, the, the less I have inside, you know, the less I can do of my own will to get over the challenges. I'm understanding that it's my reliance on him that's making these things happen. And what's keeping me grounded? Because it's not me at all. It's by far not me. Now, a younger me, when I was 16, 17, I'd be like, yeah, it is me. I did that. I'm doing it. But now this me, no, it's, it's not. It's nothing I could do. 
So I, I'm in agreement with that. Adversity is important. Um, it's it really is the foundation for purpose. It's, it's the structure to your life. But yeah. A lot of people um, they don't want that. A lot of people. Uh, well, it's not that they don't want that. It's just like you know, you're compromised to thinking normal, and that goes back to the man-made um, thinking. Yeah. Um, that I want people to really uh, understand. Uh, you are you because of what you learn, your environment, or the people around you. When you say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, uh-huh. is that really you? Yeah. Or is that because you've been compromised to the people around you? And that you've picked up on it unconsciously, but now you're saying it consciously. Um, you, have to, um, you have to monitor your thoughts unconsciously and consciously. What yeah. have you learned? Um, what didn't you learn? Yeah. What did you learn unconsciously that you didn't even think you was learning? Um, where did you get the verbiage um, or the choice of words that you say from? Um, you know, why did you do those actions? Um, was it because the people around you did those actions? Or was it based on uh, a God vision and not a man-made vision? Man. And, and so, um, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Keep going. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're going to say. Man, I was just going to dive in what you said, uh, how you said it earlier. People don't want, they don't want the pressure, but they want the results of applied pressure. People want the diamond, but they don't want to be in the purest state of carbon dioxide and having right. that pressure because you can have the purest form of carbon, CO2 for all these science buffs. You can have carbon dioxide in this pure swarm because that's the main ingredient. But without that applied pressure, it does not produce diamonds. That pressure is essential. And in our day and time, this MTV generation, we have birthed the microwave mindset. Like you say, that it's easier if I do it this way. I'll get the same results. But you'll get those results from a physical stance, but under the surface, you've actually created more. You've created more problems and issues because all these cancer scares and this is cancerous, that isn't cancerous. It's because you didn't sit back and take the time to properly apply what was needed and, and waited till it's time to make things happen. That you created all these these other illnesses and hindrances, like you said. And and that's the way the world is going, is that we're creating more problems than actually solving them because we're we don't wanna sit and wait, because we wanna make things happen right now. We don't want the pressure of dealing with being an adult or the pressure of being a college student. We want just to have the degree and the success with children. But all that stuff comes with applied challenges and adversity. And adversity. Um, my next question is uh, who, who or what in your circle is what keeps you intact? Mentors, yeah. Um, have a lot of uh, 
a lot of good people um, that seek me wisdom, um, knowledge, understanding, and it could be from um, it could be from many plethora of levels. Yeah. Um, like Erica, Erica has helped me with my communication, and I'll tell you firsthand, I was a bad communicator. Yeah, and the reason being, I didn't grow up. Well, I'm not trying to make it a side story. It is what it is. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up with parents, so I didn't have that. I didn't know how to communicate to someone. And Eric has taught me how to communicate because what I thought just about maybe in a relationship, it goes way past that. It goes to friendships. It goes to being a grandson. It, it goes to being a big brother. It goes from being a, um uncle. It goes to all those levels of what some people think someone that can't help them with, or excuse me, what someone would think that, oh, it only stops at a relationship standpoint, a girlfriend, a boyfriend level. No, your issues, um, they they linger on to oh, other yeah, yeah, subjects yeah. and other areas. Yeah. So what you think, oh, this, this communication is only going to stop at a relationship standpoint. No, that communication issue results into business, results into uh, yeah, a friendship it. level. It touches every area. Me and my wife talked about that last last night. That um, people fail to realize that how they grow up is stem from what they grew up around, what they didn't get or what they did get, and that ultimately plays a result in their adulthood in every area. Like you say, we're communicating from relationships. It stems over to other aspects. But continue. I'm sorry, man. I don't know, you're good, you're good. Um, and so um, that goes because um, consciously I knew for sure I was bad at communication. I knew I had to get better at it, and I was working towards it. But when I started to think on a deeper level, on an unconscious level, I was like, man, like, you know, I'm thinking on a conscious level, like, you know, it's only hurting a girlfriend. But when I think unconsciously, I'm thinking like, man, it's hurting a lot more people than, you know, yeah. what, what I, I'm even fathom. I'm, I'm realizing it's hurt my grandparents, it's hurt my mother, um, it's hurt um, my cousins, it's hurt my brothers and sisters. It's, 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 and what you're doing it with by not fixing it, you're training the people that's looking up to you of how to handle things. So if you don't fix those issues, then you pass them down to the next generation. And that's what the problem is that so many people don't even haven't even fathomed or stumbled upon. Your issues can be passed down generationally. Yeah. And by not looking at your issues and only highlighting your resume, you're passing down a thing unconsciously that you don't even know that you're doing. Uh, while you're telling, hey, um, it'll be okay. You can always do it tomorrow. You're passing that, um, passing this down mm-hmm. to your son or your daughter. And yeah. they're going to do the same thing that, that they're taught. And what you think is not a big thing, it's going to continue to be a big thing within um, a certain culture or a black culture or a white culture, Mexican culture, Latino culture, whatever the culture is. Um, so you really have to govern your thoughts of what you're saying, uh, what you're putting out to the world, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, what you're putting out to the world and how you're speaking, speaking it into existence. Because yeah. by you speaking it, the only way that they know how uh, to react is the same way that you've taught them. So they're going to do it unconsciously, knowing that, hey, that may not be the best way to handle that. Um, and they may not even know unconsciously that they're passing that down onto the next generation because they're going to do as if 
their mother taught them. You hear a lot of people saying, oh, you know, I learned this from my mother, or I learned this from my father. Um, but does that necessarily make good, or could it get better? Or, better yet, do you fix that? Because if you don't, you pass that down for the next generation. Because we learn by watching when we're young, from zero to what, three to four, we learn by watching. Yep. So what you're, what you're thinking that is, that's not even affecting them is affecting them. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. You're right. And that's good that you're saying you realize these things. And I keep saying it, but it's it's profound at this age that you've realized this. And now it's helped you to be effective. And these are the, the small lessons that you've learned that's shaped your worldview on how you see and then how you operate. And I, man, I can, I echo it all the time, but until I had to learn and my sister said it and it rings volumes in my head and my wife says it, my wife has always said it, but not in that manner. But when I realized she said it, it's, it's shaped so much in my life now that how you perceive it will ultimately be your reality. And the challenges, me and my, the small challenges, me and my wife had to go through. She said, you you saw this wrong and this is why you responded the way you responded. And she would always say, and she always says, the challenges, the adversity will never stop coming. That's for sure. But how you receive it, how you perceive it, will ultimately, you know, it'll ultimately shape how you respond to it. So you got to see it the right way. So, like I said, man, it's, it's profound that you've already, in some sense, mastered this understanding that I have to see it properly and I have to self-evaluate. Because... The self-evaluation ties into creating the discipline to the responding to adversity because it is it's not a it's not a point of mastering it or you know overcoming it in a sense where you overpower it, but it's it's more of a sense of it doesn't shake you when it, when the testing comes. It's like the the parable of the house and the foundation. The storm arise in both situations, but because one foundation was set on the rock and not built by sand, the storm came and, and tried it and it didn't shake it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the mindset of, uh, you know, those are the two mindsets of people. That sand mindset, I'm going to do it right now so I have time to just hang out. It doesn't matter. I got it up quick, fast, in a hurry. And those that say, you know what, I'm going to make sure I have the proper foundation and then I'm going to take my time. So when the storm comes, it might, the storm comes, it might get scary, but it's not going to shake me to my core. It's not going to get rid of what's really holding, what's keeping me grounded. So that's, 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 that's good, man. And I'm excited to share this with everybody else because. It's needed, man. It's needed in this day and time because that that is the uh, 
That's where everybody is kind of at, man, that microwave mindset. Oh, you can do it like this over time. And you, you can do it like this in a short amount of time. But it, it takes time. It takes time. Yeah. And in that timing, yeah. you understand to love the the day and out, the, the ins and out of it, the getting up every morning and making sure you're eating properly and putting in hard work. No, nah, and, and I totally agree. Um, to intervene for a quick second. Yeah, you um, and, and that's why people. Um, it's it's so um, it's so crazy nowadays because many people. Um, inclusion is a is like like Nas said. Inclusion is a true hook, yeah. and everyone just wants to be included. Everyone wants to just be seen. Um, and that's why I'm kind of glad you know that God made me the person I am to be because, um, you know. Unless he calls me to be seen, um, yeah. during certain times, uh-huh. I will go and do that. But yeah. I don't need to be uh, um, compromised, thinking, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. And that makes you rush, and that makes you, you know, forcing things so other people can see you in a certain light or see you doing this, see you doing that. Like, and I'm grateful that, um, you know, that I have a clear mindset because. During that four years of me saving money to pay off my grandparents' house, yeah. um, saving up fifteen thousand, um, wasn't nobody calling my phone. I, I didn't, I didn't post on Instagram. I didn't, I didn't post on Facebook. I never did none of those things, so I wasn't seen. Um, and now that you know today has changed, um, and my platform is different, he acts and he requires different. Um, now I have that platform and I, I inspire people. Um, I do as he say and I, and that's where my nonprofit comes in as in um, helping the community. Um, going to feed the homeless, whether if I'm in Texas, whether if I'm in uh, Atlanta, whether if I'm in New York, whether if I'm in California, whether I'm in Hawaii, Hong yeah. Kong, yeah. France. Um, and so um, most people, again, they don't want to wait on that four years of just not being seen, um, just, you know, not, it's not hiding, but having that time to develop and have him teach you. Most people don't want that. That's, mm, most people can't wait two or three weeks, let alone a year, let alone two years, three years, four years of just chilling. Um, in order to, um, they don't want to wait four years in order to change your life. And, um, cause they want, they want to be seen. They want to be seen. They want the accolades yeah. of being seen. Um, it's they, funny you they said want that, that gratification by man. Yeah, yeah, man. It's funny you said that. I just looked at a post yesterday, and I was gonna post it this morning on my Instagram. It said, "Not all hustle is hurt. Sometimes it's just you, all alone, grinding, elevating, evolving, while no one hears the sound." And that tells true to your testimony that it was a wait period of just you going to work. Get preparing yourself to be elevated and evolve to the next state. So now on this tip, when 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 you are being seen or when everybody else sees what you're doing, you're still able to operate because there is positive adversity. And that's a sense of positive adversity. People are praising you for all the good things you've done this far, but it doesn't distract you from what you're doing. You continue as if it was just as if it's just you and God 
So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, and, and to hit on that, um, many people can do it, but yeah. you have to uncompromise yourself from the way of the world yeah. and actually ask yourself, how does God want you to be? And that will, that will, that is, once you ask, once you ask yourself that question, there is no running from that lie. There is no running from that lie. Once you ask yourself, is this the way God wants me to be? And this is what God wants me to do? That right there, you can't lie to yourself. Because how would it feel? It would just irk me, like I said, if, you know, I get to heaven, you know, um, and he say, why didn't you do what I told you to do? Yeah. Like, what, what words would you utter? You can't utter nothing. You know, when he... When he take me to that back room and, and lay out your life, yeah. that's locked. And then he opened the door. He goes to that 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 he goes into that room and he pulled out that red box. He's like, "This is all the gifts that I have for you, but you chose to do what you've done. Yeah. You chose to walk your own path. So all these gifts they stayed in the box. Yeah, it it would it would just hurt me because he was willing to give it to me, but." You know, some people, they, they don't, they don't, you know, some people, they, they cliche want it. <laughs> Let's put it like that. Yeah, they want they the benefit. They want it. And that's what I said with the microwave mindset. They want the benefit of it being done right now, but they don't want the toll or the process. And in, in, in not wanting the process, they create other hindrances. Like, if you just look on the medical sense, warming up a turkey that's supposed to be baked in the oven can create cancer-like problems down the line. And those cancer-like issues can kill the life and destroy something because it wasn't properly done. And it's the same way in people's life. They'll cut out the middleman, quote unquote, the process to get it done faster and create more problems and, and issues down the line. And then when we get before the Lord and he tells us, you know, this is what I have for you and you don't want it. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I have all these great things for you, but you don't want it because you, you're you looking at, I don't know what you were looking at. But, I just believe God is an honest and down to earth person. He might just say, I don't know what you were looking at. Like everything you needed to be impactful in this life or to live the life I have for you was right here. And you, I don't know. It's right here. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and again, uh-huh. that just goes back to that. Um, that goes back to uncompromising yourself yeah. um, to thinking on a man-made love of how people taught you versus versus uh, thinking on a God level. Um, uh-huh. And that's why I'm just so happy, you know, um, he showed me the way early because I'm realizing like, hey, it may take four years to change the world. You know, it may take another two years to um, to build the world in Africa that's already there yeah. as he stated to me. Uh, but that's going to change the world and most people, they don't want to wait. They don't want that. They want to wait, and they don't want to operate because they have they're, they're too compromised. When you got you know, and this is you know, this is drugs, liquor, and and sex. 
when you got that much stuff clouding your mind, you don't know how good it feels to, to have free thinking. Yeah. Cause when you have free thinking, you don't have no ulterior motive. You don't you don't have to Mm-mm. do all this to talk to this girl. Mm-mm. Like it all those things don't surface. When you have free thinking, those, yeah, you those can physical then understand pleasures. what he's trying to show you. Yeah, those physical pleasures don't keep you you know what I mean, entangled. It, it, mm-hmm. it, man, and that's crazy you said that. Uh, coworker of mine says, oh, you're cocky and arrogant. And I simply said, no, I'm not. I'm confident because I understand I'm in my purpose. So I'm not entangled by the worries of this space and, and, and time because I understand this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm able to move how I'm supposed to move because I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. If I'm doing what he's gifted me to do, he'll provide. He's told me that. Since he said he'll provide, I don't have to sit and worry and create other issues because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is the process. And I'm enjoying the ins and outs of the process. And as if you should. Um, And that, that mind frame it's something that's taught of what he said. Yeah. You're cocky. Why couldn't his initial response be, you know what? That's good that you're confident in yourself. Be that way. Yeah, how can because I be confident too, like you? Exactly. Yeah. Instead of using that mindset that someone has taught him, yeah. which is most likely his friends or his parents or his grandparents. Or is he that mindset. Yeah, yeah, his surrounding. You're right. I'm, I'm agreeing with you, man. Keep going. Yeah, so it's just like, he don't even know he has a fault, which he's not even going to say he has a fault because his his um, his pride would kick in at that point. So that that makes him know he has another problem. So it's not, he has, a, he has maybe I can't say, I can't speak for the man, I won't speak for the man, but yeah. from the outside in, a man that has that type of mind frame um, isn't a man that um, isn't you know someone that I would want to surround myself with. Because they're not and willing. Like, could, yeah, they're not willing to go. He he could be a great dude, and that's no shade upon him. But when you're operating on the God level, that 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 way process, that thought process doesn't, doesn't even it can't even creep into your mind because God is blocking that. Because you're uncompromised the ways of the world. And yeah, but you have to uncompromise hinder, yourself before you get into it. It'll hinder growth. That mindset exactly. of seeing physically and not spiritually will hinder your growth in any realm and time. And you'll always wrestle with, I know I could be further than where I am. But the way I'm perceiving things is hindering me from accepting and growing. So... Yeah, man, you you're on it. You're on it. That is uh the the pillar to building discipline and adversity is the mindset, man. The mindset. Um, we're we're touching up on our on our mark, and I'm excited. Uh, we can wrap up with a few more questions and anything else you have to give us. I want to be. I don't want to take up all your time, but um, my first question is uh three things that um you would qualify as a good day for you what are three things that you would qualify 
that's a good day for you. Um, understanding. Um, when I say that is, um, put the pieces to the puzzle of your adversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I know you said every day, but mm-hmm. that's something that I follow upon every day because a little bit by a little bit by a little bit comes every day. Um, and what I mean when I say that is, I didn't know when my uncle got killed by a drunk driver um, because um, I was young. I didn't understand at that point. Um, but God told me, like, it's okay. You'll understand later. And later, when it came time for me, you know, when I was about, you know, teenage years, when most people started drinking, I was like, nah, I don't want to drink. I'm good. Because and of that incident. Most people were like, yeah. And it was just like, okay, like, what are you trying to show me, God? Like, you know, why did you take his life? He took his life to save my life in order to impact the world. Mm-hmm. Because if he would have took his life, that's all, number one, that I would have seen a man. That would have been the climax of a man because I was looked up to him. He was always around. That would have been the climax of my perception. So I couldn't think on a God level at that point because that would have been my max. Number two, he would have been able to talk to me because I would have been too compromised by drinking. So he would have never been able to talk to me. So in order for me to become the person that I am and become the man that I am today, he had to take him in order to change people's lives through me. Mm-hmm, that situation, but, he had to take that situation to sculpt the reality where now you're impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when I realized the first revelation. I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. It hit, it hit me like a train. But that pondering upon it, that asking for it, and it took about three to four years for it to hit me like a train. Yeah. But me continually trying to figure it out, trying to figure out, like, why did I, or why did, it, why did that have to happen to him? Because that hurt me so much. Yeah. But now that's the best. That's the best thing that has ever happened to me. And most people won't look at pain that way. So mm-hmm. they won't try to figure out. Um, they won't try to figure out how to turn that pain into the best thing of their life because that's all that man has ever taught them. That pain can be discomforting, but you can't turn pain into joy, fulfillment, and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, on an everyday level, I ponder upon his understanding, his knowledge, and his wisdom. Mm-hmm. And a, a, a great day for me is getting better so that way I can help those that may not have a thought process or that want to develop a thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just getting better every day. And I'm saying, like, okay, how did you get better every day? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, like you said, it's going to be from, from sun up to sun down. Sometimes you might just want to sit back and relax from all the hustle and bustle. Yeah. Um, just depends on what mode they have here. Um, like, you know, the last three months there was a hustle and hustle, hustle and bustle. But now he wants me to sit back from all of what I went through to understand it. Mm-hmm. To be like, okay, why did he put me through it? So it's um, just understanding on a day-to-day level uh, trying to put the pieces to the puzzle because once he creates the once he creates the outer web, the foundation. It's mine to build the web and to formulate it so that way I can walk all around the web and so it can it can come and make a sense. Excuse me, it can make sense as a whole. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
<sighs> you're right. You're right. Um, my next question was this. Why is being yourself so vital in this day and time for our generation? Um, mainly because you can change the world. Mm-hmm. You can change the world. You don't, I don't smoke. I don't drink. Mm-hmm. I don't do none of those things. And many people, they think that you have to do that to have a good time. Or you have to do that to hang around these friends. Um, you don't have to do none of those things to change the world or to be, um, to be who you want to be. You don't have to do none of those things. Mm-mm. You don't have to do none of those things of what people are compromised to. And who said that this is the right way to do it? Yeah. Like, you don't have to do none of those things. You can be yourself yeah, you and be happy have, with yourself. Yeah, you don't have to subject to the way of your environment to be impactful. And I think, exactly. like you said with Nas, that is the... The drug, we try to include ourselves with everything that's going on. And then if we're included, then we can start to shape the the mindset of the people that's included us. But what we felt to understand is that their mindset shapes our mindset. Exactly. Yeah, we don't ever do the latter. We, we keep going with the flow. No, totally uh, agree. Yeah, there's there's never no change. So that's that's crazy, man. That you're saying these things for those who are listening, and I pray that a lot of people are listening, you know, and just taking these things because it's important, especially now, to be in our purpose. The way the world is going, the way so much stuff is is coming into fruition. You know, being in your purpose is the only way you're going to reach somebody and really change some lives. Just being in the purpose, he's willed for you. So I feel yeah. that, I feel that 10 deep. Um, my last question, and shoot, we're, we just about hit our time cap, is I guess, you know, talk about your organizations. If y'all have a, a website or anything people can follow, I'll put it. In our description, you know, just give you a dissertation, man. This is your okay. show. Uh, so my name, again, is uh, Stefan Darts. Um, you can follow me on Facebook, um, spell Stefan, S-T-E-F-U-N, last name Darts, D-A-R-T-S. Um, and a lot of my charity work, uh, a lot of people can view or can uh, help or donate to um, um, Webform there or you can go to our website caringheartyouth.org <laughs> and a lot of what I do is basically what God told me to do and he told me hey to help the homeless out I do help the homeless out um, like you know uh, a couple years ago he told me hey help this kid in remission um, and take him on to the shopping spree you know something that you want to do when you were young but you know no one ever gave you um, we did that we do so much do so much that it's, it's you know, um, I sometimes forget because I don't I have so much of a tunnel vision that whenever he tells me to do it, I do it, and then I the next day I'm literally moving on to the next task at hand. Mm-hmm. But to get back, um, now we have the Hope of Life water wells, um, and we'll be building um, between five to six wells out in Africa, Nigeria, that is, mm-hmm. and that's going to impact so many lives. 
Um, that's something that he put on my heart when I was young, just uh, being well, but I just didn't understand it at that time. And when I said something that impacted generations, um, mind you, these people haven't had, you know, some certain areas haven't had clean water, um, as many people would think. And many people think that they're called wells, they're actually called boreholes. But for the sake of understanding, I call them wells because many people don't know it. Um, it's actually more modern than people may think. Um, but this is going to change generations. And what I mean by health, um, they actually get to um, actually start you know, getting a good manage on their health by drinking these clean, this clean water. Yeah. Also as well, they don't, they don't have to walk three or four hours no more to get clean water. Mm-hmm. So basically that time right there, they can spend by going to work or that kid can spend by going to school, which will directly affect him basically being able to go to high school and they basically being able to graduate. And so mm-hmm. it, it encompasses so many things by something that we take for granted um, that we have access to so easily that it changes literally generations of how kids are grown up and how um, their kids are grown up and how their kids' kids are grown up. That, you know, that that's, that's, that is something that I haven't even, I haven't even fathomed yet. Um, the scale, because, again, I'm just doing what he tells me to do, and I don't really, like, have time to sit in the moment. Um, yeah. it's usually like years later, I'd be like, man, that's crazy that, what that, God did through me. Yeah. No, man, that's, that's good, man. That's good. Um, as your brother, man, I want to congratulate you, man. And you know, you always have our support from the Nat Factory. Um, I appreciate you taking out the time to really just sit and let us pick your brain. Um. Continue, guys, to follow up with all the updates. Remember to rate and subscribe. This podcast will be available on every podcast platform. Thank y'all for always listening. Be blessed. One love.